ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. We dedicate that song from the 30s from the Lions to Cap. It's his birthday today. Oh, happy yeah. birthday, Cap! It came out the same year. Yeah, he's also 91 <laughs> years old today. Him and Joe Schmerz. <laughs> happy birthday, Cap. This is Joe Schmerz of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I hope he gets a piece of Black Forest cake and an amazing chocolate chip cookie. On. There he is. There's Cap. Happy birthday to Cap. Happy Tweet him birthday. today. Say, happy birthday, Cap. Let's wake up, get a cup of coffee, and get a victory today. Find a Take way to win a football that. game. Take that. I'm coming, on. It's Buck Abdal here on I a mean, Sunday. It is his birthday. On ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app, we are taking you into coverage at 10 o'clock to the network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion, they'll get you ready for the Bears and the Lions. You'll hear kickoff right here on ESPN 1000 in the entire game with Joniak and Thayer right here on your home for Bears football, ESPN 1000. Abdal, the Bears head into this matchup. They're 3-7 and seven against the Lions, 7-2. and two. Justin Fields will return today for the Bears. Seven games for Justin to prove to us and Bears Nation that he's the guy for the future. Not just to us and to Bears Nation, but to the coaching staff. Like, this is big. You know, Ian Rappaport had a story uh, this morning on NFL.com uh, about Justin Fields and about the Bears and about his return. And he basically wrote that the Bears are viewing this draft as the same situation as they were in last year. They have to absolutely be blown away by a quarterback or else it seems like they're going to stick with Fields. Now, I think it's twofold, though, right? I think that Fields has to play well for them to stick with him unless they're blown away by a quarterback, right? Like, Fields can play well, and unless they're blown away by a quarterback, they're going to stick with him. But if he doesn't play well, they obviously have to move on and find a new quarterback because the talent level in this year's draft, we've been talking about it all morning, is going to be great, and you need to take someone. It's going to be time to move on from Fields. If he doesn't play well, I would assume that that means that leads to losses, which means Eberflus is going to be out, and you're starting the coaching hiring cycle and finding a new quarterback for the Bears franchise. Ian Rappaport on NFL.com this morning writes uh, about Justin Fields, like Abdallah's talking about, and he, pa- he paints the scenario that Ryan Poles was faced last offseason, trading the number one pick for DJ Moore and a bunch of other stuff. And what Rappaport is writing is that last year, heading into the NFL draft, Chicago, quote, needed to be blown away by a quarterback to select one in the 2023 draft and instead traded the pick. Sources tell Rappaport that's the same view heading into 2024. The Bears would need to be blown away by a rookie quarterback to move on from Justin Fields three years after drafting him in 2021. That, to me, is interesting. I I thought at this point, based on the play that we've seen from Fields, that they would be leaning towards that we have to we have to draft a quarterback. Uh, yeah. But the fact that this is getting out that they are they need to be blown away by one of these rookie quarterback prospects. I think it's a little surprising because I don't think Justin has played to the caliber to deserve for them not to draft a quarterback at this point. If I had to decide right now, you're drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Fields has not done enough this season to prove that he's the guy for the future. He's had two good games. Uh, one and three quarters. Two good games. He threw for over 300 yards against the Vikings. Bad bad fourth. And then the, the Washington game was flawless. He had a great Broncos, game yeah. against Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Outside of that, it's been extremely inconsistent and a lot of bad. Yeah, and in that Broncos game, like that's he cost them the game in the fourth quarter. That's, yeah, that's why what I, I say the, the Broncos. That's not what the Vikings, I know yeah. what you meant. That's why he said. That's why I said like one and three quarters games. He hasn't even had two full good games yet this year, and like they weren't against good defenses. Like we talked about it going into into that week. Like if those were games that Fields was going to play, like if he's going to play well, it's got to be these two games because the defenses weren't great. Um, and I just think that it's it, you're right. If the season ended today, you're moving on. But that's why there's seven games left. There's still a lot to decide, and against top competition, the Lions for two games, the Vikings and the Browns all have top ten defenses according to DVOA. The Browns have the best defense in the NFL. The Lions are ninth. The Vikings are eighth. You already lost to the Vikings once this year. They don't have Kirk Cousins, even though he wasn't that big of. I wouldn't say he wasn't a huge factor in uh, their win against the the Bears earlier this year. So as long as they can run the ball against the Bears, which they've been great against the run, they might find a way to win that game. I don't know. I'm going to wait these four games much more than I'm waiting the final three games. The final three games, you're talking about Broncos and Commanders again. I mean, you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Falcons, and you've got the Packers, all bottom-of-the-barrel defenses. The Cardinals have the 31st defense in the NFL. Like, they're one of the second-worst defense in the NFL. So, like, if they play well against them, I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Like, you should. That's your job. You already have three wins. So it's not, to me, just a matter of, oh, well, Justin won three games at the end of the year. We're going to keep him. It's like, no. He beat bad defenses. How did he do against the Lions twice, the Vikings, and the Browns? That's what I'm looking at. These next four games are the most important of, I'd say, these next four games are the most important of Justin Fields' career. Black Abdallah here on a Sunday morning, talking Bears football with you at 312-332-3776. On Wednesday, Matt Eberflus updated the media on Fields and his playing situation. Fields will be back at practice today. Our plan is to start him on Sunday. Uh, he continues to progress um, this week. Uh, he's a big part of, you know, returning to practice today. He's going to be a big part of the evaluation. But, uh, again, he's progressing well, and, uh, and our plan is to start him this week. Eberflus went on to talk about, is seven weeks enough for Justin to show he's the guy? I think seven weeks is enough time for the to show consistency, you know, and being the high performer, you know, that we expect him to be. You know, and I, I know he's had some good performances, you know, along this year. Um, certainly the last few have been, been you know, solid. And, uh you know, we can we expect consistency, you know, out of all our positions. On Wednesday, Justin Fields, after Eberflus, spoke to the media. This is what Justin had to say on Wednesday. It feels pretty good, um, you know. So I'm um, just getting back into things. Feel good, feels good to throw. Um, arm feels fresh. But, um, yeah, I feel good. And, you know, I'm taped it up today at practice. So we'll see how it's feeling on Sunday, to whether I need tape or not. But um, I try to glove at first just because you don't have to grip the ball as much, you know, without a glove or with the glove so um but i didn't really feel too comfortable with the glove on so does justin have any pain in the thumb still yeah i mean it's not 100 percent, but um you know it feels feels good um there's still a little bit of healing left but it's stable um you know and like i said it's it's good so it's good it's stable still low pain which means that if things if he's running for his life, there's a high probability that he may injure this again, and, and we might be back in the same spot where Bajan's starting games towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, this it is possible. This is going to be tough. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're a top, you know, uh, 10 defense, like I mentioned, and this off, it's going to be on this offensive line, and this is the healthiest this offensive line has been all year. You got everybody you want out there. Like, I know Lucas Patrick probably won't be around next year, but he's out there. Snap in, Cody Whitehair goes to the bench as the next man up type of thing. 
and this is the healthiest you're going to be. So it's going to be on them to protect him because you can throw on the Lions. You just need to be protected. And so as long as they can protect Justin Fields better than they have in the past, he should have opportunities. Now he's got to be quicker with the football, and hopefully him sitting on the sidelines for four games allowed him to kind of see how this offense operates when the ball is out quicker. Make quicker decisions. Don't second-guess yourself. Just get rid of the football if you have to. I don't want to hear Tom Thayer yelling, throw it from the booth like, like it's, it's funny but i don't want to hear that again like dude throw the football uh so hopefully he's he's learned something from not necessarily watching bajan play but watching the offense operate at a faster pace than when he was out there so fields was asked on wednesday can he learn anything from what he saw with tyson bajan in there starting at quarterback this is what justin had to say on wednesday i think really just looking at all quarterbacks i feel like Tyson, of course. Tyson, quarterbacks around the league, quarterbacks in college, like, we all play the game differently. So, um, you know, things that Tyson did well, you know, I'm definitely going to try to, you know, emulate that, of course, in my game. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're different quarterbacks. We we don't do the same thing. So, um, but, of course, there's bits and pieces that we do do differently um, that he did well in the field. And, of course, I'm going to try to, you know, add that to my game for sure. I like that answer. I I, I thought that, you know, there was an opportunity to be – like disgruntled by the questioning of, could you learn anything from the backup who is out there? Mm-hmm. And his response was, I can learn from any quarterback. Yeah, I, don't like, think I, it's I can watch college football and learn from someone. I can watch the NFL. I can watch my, my partner in crime, my, my backup quarterback when yeah. he's out there. I thought that was a good response. Now, does he actually put that into practice? Can he, uh, you know, can the amount of time from the start of the, the snap to the ball being released, is it quicker today? I think that will go a long way in the the su- sure. success that the Bears have today. It has to because that's the way this offense. Like there was the we talked about it a few times. There's a side by side view of when Bajan's running the offense and Fields is running the offense. That was going around Twitter a few weeks ago. Bajan's his footwork is better. He gets the ball out faster. But when Fields was back there the ball is traveling further down the field for bigger chunk plays. The ball is still moving down the field with Bajan. It's just a lot slower because the throws aren't as good. So, like, fields can probably do the same thing, and the offense needs a rhythm. That's that's what's been missing, is there's no, like, tempo to the offense. You know, there's no, hey, we got eight yards. All right, line up, huddle, snap, break, go. Like, there's no, everything seems to just plod and kind of take a while when he's out there. But they still have found ways to move the ball down the field, you know, especially early in games during the first 15 when those are scripted plays, but then also yeah. against bad teams in their, in their three wins this year. So they've found ways to move the ball and, and get it down the field. He's only had those two of those wins. One of them was Bajan, but it can look better. I'm not saying that it can't. I'm not saying that Bajan was bad and Fields is doing this great. It's kind of like a mesh of the both. Use a little bit of both. Get the ball out faster, but also Fields has more talent than Bajan and has a bigger arm than Bajan and can take deeper shots and kind of throw the ball more methodically down the field than Bajan was. Tom in Oakland, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? Uh, good morning. So I'm a real disgruntled Bears fan, and I listen to you guys, big fan of your guys. Uh, Thank you. The Bears suck, okay? And they have... For years, this isn't this isn't new. This isn't like we were a great team last year or the year before or the year before. The Bears are pathetic, and I'm a Bear fan. The Bears are bottom feeders in the NFL. They're an average to below average <laughs> NFL football team year after year after year after year. 
So you got to get it. Here you're, you're trying to talk it up, and I get it. Oh, good. Justin Fields is coming back. They've won three games in a calendar year. You know, it's a bad, bad NFL team. And I'd like to hear what you guys think, or do you guys hear anything ever from ownership? Like, do the McCann? I remember, remember, do you remember when uh, Mike McCaskey was on Mom is Mad and, uh, and, uh, uh, he was getting like all choked up and, uh, th- I, I don't know if you understand what I'm getting at. This team sucks. I don't expect them to win today. They're not going anywhere. I mean, they can afford to buy tickets to go to a playoff game. That's about it. They're not going to be in a playoff game. Uh, and I just like to hear your input. And if you have an answer about, is there any, any response ever from ownership, and if there is, maybe I missed it. I apologize about that, but I haven't heard about the product that the Chicago Bears organization puts out. Thank you very much. Have a great day, and go Bears. Go go Bears. What a positive call from Tom. I, I'd say this. Um, yeah, I mean, do they? does ownership speak after every game? No, but, I mean, they told you two years ago that things weren't right when they fired Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, they, they came out and talked about how things needed to change. Well, and, and then, also they hired Kevin Warren, yeah, and that proves that, like, hey, we're not doing this the right yeah, way. We need another voice. Yeah, I mean, so the last time we heard from uh, George McCaskey was, yeah, things need to get better. They need to need to change. I'm, I'm pretty sure someone talked to him uh, during training camp. Did he come on one of the shows at some point during training he, camp, maybe? I thought he did. I don't know. I, I don't think it's... They um, want to win up there. They do. Yeah, I don't think it's because they don't. I feel like there's some teams in town where um, butts and seats is just more than acceptable. That's all they care about. Yeah. And I think this team just hasn't been able to piece it together and actively win. Yeah. They want to win up at Hallis Hall. They're trying to win. They just haven't done it yet. There's other teams in town. Um, I think the Bulls won a game last night. Did Everything's they? great. Popcorn for everyone. The popcorn trick. Uh, you push in uh, PR people out of the way. It doesn't yeah, matter. It you great. get a nice was, win. You know, right? I was I was watching. It was, the, it was watching the end of the game, and uh, they it was don't awesome. care though. As long as you're showing up at the United Center on a Saturday night, that's all they care no, about. No, I was watching the end of the game, and I thought yeah. that uh, Zach Levine had a great post game interview with the guys, with Amin and, uh, no, and Stacy. He he, uh, he pushed it off. Oh, he, yeah, he pushed Bulls PR off. He literally pushed. You know, you know, you know, shout out to Gustavo Vega. You know, his video has like over 4 million views. It should. It should. And I'm glad because I texted to you afterwards and I was like, Bulls PR away. Is this? Yeah. I'm like, is this? And moping back to the locker room. Yeah. And then saying, oh, it was a miscommunication. Dude, my ass miscommunication. Sure. Sure. That dude's ridiculous. Trade him yesterday. Yeah. If you miss the Bulls game, they, they won last night. Finally. Uh, Zach didn't get the final shot, though, and huh. I, I wonder if, if that's why he wanted to pout on his way back to the locker room for his miscommunication, pushing a Bulls PR person out of the way. Ridiculous. Uh, that Bulls PR person is very nice. She's very nice. Shut up, Beth. Um, but yeah, I think that team is more than happy with the Bulls just um, getting butts in seats. And I don't think that's the same vibe up at Hallis Hall. I think they, they desperately want to win. They just yeah. haven't done it yet. Yeah. Scott in Oakland on the ESPN Chicago app listening. Scott. What's up, Scott? What up? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I was just going to say, 
I mean, let me get this straight, okay? The, the poll scouts told him that nobody in that last draft was better than Fields, and then now we see what Stroud is doing. So that make, that really worries me. And you guys know I rely on you for, for college, so yeah. I don't watch any college until they get to the playoffs. Totally rely on, rely on the station. But you, you've got to draft a quarterback until you have a surefire guy. I mean, what's, what's it been, 70 years? Uh, the uh, And... and you know, I, I think you guys could have outdrafted uh, Pace and those guys. You, put together, you, know, you got Waddle, and you you got your goal for the linemen and the, and the receivers and tight ends. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like if you have a guy for 31 starts and you don't know if for sure he's the guy, that, that says it all right there. And I like Fields. I like the way he reacted when he got drafted. I think he's still going to have a good career, but I just – don't think you could make the and he missed on Hertz too. You guys were all over the Hertz thing. So, you know, you draft a tight end and that was the year when Mitchell was uh, his option was passed on. So that was that was uh, uh undefensible. But anyway, I'm gonna stay with five wins. Uh, like I said last time. I think okay. the wins will be Atlanta and Cleveland. Uh and I got uh thirty four twenty three Lions but, you know, I love the Bears. And good that I followed Tom from Oakland. That was the last town that we lived in before my dad moved to south of California. So that was, that was oh, uh, nice. pretty cool. Nice. Thanks anyway, for the call, Scott. You bet. Take care, guys. Have a great Sunday. Black M. Doll here on ESPN 1000. Mo and Frankfurt, you're on ESPN Mo. 1000. What's up, Mo? Hey, guys. So let me tell you something. <laughs> because I want to talk about this Justin Fields thing. And all we talk about is he doesn't throw the ball fast enough. We know this, but I think he learned a little bit from uh, the, the 007 agent, you know. And, and I think maybe he might come out there and just sling it, which is going to be good. But what we need to do with the draft picks, we need to solidify the lines, get another free technique for the defensive line, and maybe another center. And then uh, go from there. I mean, the best teams out there. And then another thing. The, the, best, the, the best teams out there. Okay, New England, the last whatever, 20 years, they were doing really good. Why? Because they have the same coach. Look at Kansas City. The same coach. Here, who's sitting here talking about, let's fire the coach? Huh? I don't think so. I think... Let him play out his, you know, thing. Get his team, get his players, and we do it that way. Okay, all right. Keep Eberflus. All right, Mo is an Eberflus guy. All, all right. right, thanks, Mo. Later, guys. There he is, Mo in Frankfurt. Likes Eberflus. Yeah. All right. Did not see that one coming. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't okay. either. All right, Mo in Frankfurt. Love it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bears pregame. It's Black and Abdal on a Sunday. Getting you ready for Sylvie, Lance, and Dion coming up at 10. Bears football on ESPN 1000. Splunk and Bell, we'll be right back. The new home of the Chicago Bears. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdal on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Black Abdallah talking Bears football with you this morning. Bears head to Detroit. 
The Lions, one of the better teams in the National Football League. Let's see if the Bears can pull off the upset today. What do you think, Abdallah? Give us some hope. Uh, I, uh, Get us ready. I liked it better when it was like nine and a half, the number. Where's it sitting now? Seven and a half, eight in some places. Okay. I don't. I just. I. I. It's a very sharp pick today. Like a lot of the uh, sharp angles are on the Bears really? to cover this number. Yeah, wow. I think they see the de- a defense that has been playing better, an offensive line that's fully healthy. Quarterback. I don't back. know if it has anything. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if it has anything to do with Fields being back. Yeah, it does. Getting a starting quarterback means something. Yeah. Okay. Against the Chargers, the the game was just over. Like they had no chance against the I Chargers. Know. With, I know. With Pageant. I know. I uh, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be rough. Today. Austin in La Crosse, Wisconsin. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Austin? Hey, uh, how you doing, guys? What's up? We're good. Uh, What's up, man? Yeah, I'm just calling. Uh, I'm a young Bears fan. Uh, been, been seeing a lot of things that I haven't liked. Uh, I think the best thing I can look back on is Jay Cutler to Brandon Marshall in the back of the end zone, but that's all I got. Um, I'm just hearing reports of Bears passing up on a quarterback in the draft. Um, do we really think that's going to happen? And are we really riding with fields? And do we think if we don't take a quarterback, get like receiver, a lineman, or somebody on both sides of the ball? Um, just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Austin. Appreciate you. So the news today for me and Rappaport on NFL.com, uh, he, he wrote an entire article about Justin Fields returning for the Bears today. He also laid out the scenario last March which the Bears opted to trade the number one pick in the 2023 draft to the Panthers for DJ Moore. And he writes, Chicago needed to be blown away by a quarterback to select one in the 2023 draft. Instead, they traded the pick. Sources say it's the same view heading into 2024. Hmm. The Bears would need to be blown away by a rookie quarterback to move on from fields three years after selecting him 11th overall in the 2021 draft. So that's uh, Ian Rappaport today on NFL.com saying that the Bears sources are telling him that unless they're blown away by one of these top prospects, whether it be Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, unless they're blown away by one of these players, which certainly could be the case. Yeah, uh, they're going to keep Justin Fields. I think that he has to play well in the final seven games. I think that's what we have in front of us. I think he does, too. I think that, um, yeah, that's twofold. Like, it's not just going to be, well, if Fields doesn't go out and play well, then we're going to not draft another quarterback just because none of them impress us. Like, they do have a lot of money, and so the free agent quarterback market is basically Kirk Cousins. Like, do you want Kirk Cousins on the Bears, or do you want to take a risk with one of these quarterbacks? Uh, I don't want Kirk Cousins. Neither do I. Uh, But... I understand the appetite for just trying to fix a position however you want. Just throw I just, money at it. I just think that, you know, at this stage in our Bears' lives, don't we just want someone from, from the from the start? Yeah. Like, I don't want a, a used-up Cousins. No, I want, I want like, a guy. I want, like, yeah, a, a guy like, for the long I want, term. I want rookie year turning into a good quarterback. I want to know that that guy's going to be here for 10-plus years. Yeah, so do I. So I think that unless – now, look, both things can be true – you know, Fields can play a little well, but not well enough. They hang on to him, and maybe they still trade the first pick, and they trade back, and they end up taking someone like Bo Nix or Michael Penix later in the first round. You know, I think that that's a possibility. Maybe, you know, um, 
I don't think Williams and May will be there. But if your pick is high, if you have like the third overall pick and the Panthers have the first pick and neither of the two quarterbacks impress you, whether it's Drake May or Caleb Williams, I could see trading the first pick back and getting, you know, another first round pick for next year, recouping the second round pick you traded for uh, Montez Sweat. Maybe throwing a player, like all that. Like it's a someone is going to fall in love with Caleb Williams or Drake May and want to move up to number one to make sure that they get their guy and aren't stuck with the second option. Now the Bears yesterday activated Khalil Herbert off of the injured list, so the Bears will have their full running back group today uh, against the Lions. I hope they don't forget about the running backs. Like a, a part of the script that we've seen work really well for this team is when they're run first, but then they use the play action and allow fields to, to roll out of the pocket, to go down the field, to kind of try and hurt the defense with the, the, the passes that are a little bit longer and not just the dump off stuff near the line of scrimmage, but then also sticking to the run game and allowing those like Jenkins, uh, Davis uh, to push forward, mm-hmm. right? To push forward because that's when they're they're most impactful as an offensive line. Yeah, and I think it, uh, it's going to be huge on them today. This is a, a Lions team that is third in rushing yards allowed per game. Like they're great; they are great against the run. And so it's going to be on this offensive line to create some holes for these guys. It's going to be on that you've got you've got three very good running backs in this room. They've all been able to perform. Khalil Herbert before he got hurt, Deontay Foreman when he was there, uh, when he was in there uh, instead of Herbert, and then uh, Roshan Johnson was good when he wasn't injured. So, like, you've got good running backs, but you have to create, you have to set up Justin Fields, who will have opportunities today, because the secondary isn't great. They're not bad. They're just not great. They're, like, bottom third of the league, the secondary. And so you can pass on the Lions, but if they expect that and they want, they dare Justin Fields to beat them, you're not going to have success because they're going to be anticipating that. So you have to set up the run. And then also, Fields is back. Use his legs. There better be a few design runs in there for Fields. Like, he's had, I think he's had 200 plus rushing yard days against the Lions in his past two games. Yeah. So, like, the opportunity has been there. And the Lions' defense is better, and now they're anticipating that. But Justin Fields is going to have opportunities to run as well. Yeah, he's played well against the Lions, and I think that's where you need to see both. A good mix of both, I think, will be uh, a part of the, the game plan for Luke Getze today. So the, the Bears right now on FanDuel, I'm seeing the Bears are an underdog of 7.5 points. <laughs> at points earlier in the week, they were at 10. Uh, then Fields is announced as a starter, and the Lions started to move back down towards 7. If we look around the division, the Packers today host the Chargers. The Packers at home are a three-point dog. Uh, I feel like this is a spot where the uh, Los Angeles Chargers should be like on their way towards being a respectable team, and this is the this is exactly the type of game they trip up at. Yeah, I think so too. I I like the Packers in this game. Um, I have placed the Packers in a teaser. The th- I don't know. I feel like the Chargers can still win this game, and it's going to come down right to three. You know, like it's going to be a field goal game. That's why I tease the Packers. Uh, but I, you're right. This the, them coming up here. You know that that quote breakfast football. Like if a team isn't good enough yeah. to handle that, it shows. There are teams that are very good at it. The Seahawks have been great against it for years, but there are other teams that just aren't aren't like the Raiders that just aren't great at uh, traveling. And then also in the division tonight, Minnesota is on the road at Denver. That's the Sunday night football game. Minnesota, after winning five in a row, 
They're the underdog in this matchup on the road. Plus two and a half for the Vikings right now against the Broncos. Yeah, well, the, the Broncos have been playing well as of late. You know, they um, the defense has been playing a lot better. Russell Wilson isn't turning the ball over. He's not fumbling. He's not throwing interceptions. He's been efficient. He hasn't been great. He's not beating the world out there. He's been efficient. Yeah. He didn't have a lot. He's had, what, his career low in attempts was uh, last week, which is fine. He's moving the football, though. No, Russell Russell Wilson last week, it was his, it was his career low in uh, average uh, yards traveled per okay. pass. Okay. He's, he's, never, he's never dumped it off uh, for That's less fine. yardage than he he's did last week. He's being efficient. But yeah. He's being efficient. He's not turning the ball over. He's taking what the defense gives him. That's fine. They're winning football games. If they're winning games, it doesn't matter. And they're finding ways to win. And I, I, I don't know. Like, of, how long is Josh Dobbs going to continue to do this? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. I I think it, it could be lightning in a bottle. It also could be a guy finally getting an opportunity yeah. in a spot where they're built up around. The defense is pretty good. They have weapons offensively. Uh, Justin Jefferson at some point will be back for the Vikings. You know, Geno Smith took a while to find his landing spot, Absolutely. and he's been really good with the Seahawks. So we'll keep an eye on that this evening. The Vikings... And the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. It's week 11 in the NFL. We continue to preview the Bears and the Lions next. Chicago Bears pregame. Pre-game. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Lincoln Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Getting you ready for Bears pregame. 24 minutes from right now, you'll hear Sylvie, Lance, and Dion getting you ready for the Bears and the Lions. Kickoff set for noon, week 11 in the National Football League. Abdullah, tomorrow night, Monday, 6 to 8, Bears night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. Our guest tomorrow night will be Eddie Jackson. We will be at Anastasia's in Antioch tomorrow night from 6 to 8. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You know, Eddie reminded us, he plays well against the Lions. Yes, he does. He has. He had a pick six on Thanksgiving a few years ago, I believe. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm probably going to upset him by bringing up the, and upset myself, because the this week is the 10-year anniversary of the kick six in the Iron Bowl, oh. where Alabama lost on a last-second really long field goal attempt. Yeah, and he was there. I know he was there and why but it's good because it's a rivalry week we're in the middle of three rivalry games for the bears as they face the lions the vikings and then the lions again so i think it'll be good to talk to eddie excited come on out come up to uh anastasia's in antioch drink some ice cold miller light and hang out with us for bears night in chicago tomorrow night last week tom thayer filled in on the show with us bears night in chicago and we uh, started the conversation talking about the hostile environment in detroit that the bears will face today i think you know, I, you know, I really like Dan Campbell. I like him as a player, and I like him as a coach. He's the most similar guy to Mike Dick uh, that I've ever seen come in the in the coaching ranks since Mike Dick has been there. You know, he's a former tight end. He's super emotional. He can yell and cry in the same speech. Um, he has high expectations for his players. He's only asking you to do what he's done throughout his career. So that's what the Bears have to match. If you think you're going to go in there and play a passive brand of football, you're going to get you're going to get crushed. We were talking about Justin Fields. Is, there's seven games left. Yeah. Is seven games enough to prove that he's the guy, or do you have to take all two and a half years leading up to this and say, well, there's more evidence that he hasn't gotten it yet versus the seven games after he was injured and comes back? 
You know, uniquely enough, this seven games is going to be the telltale sign of where this whole thing is going because of the competition you play, where you play a couple of these divisional opponents, and what do you need to see from a quarterback? You know, you listen, you guys watch. I listen to you guys. You guys know as much about football as any of us that are broadcasting and have been in the game. So you know the progression of a quarterback. You know if he's going through his progression, one, two, three. You know if he's making the initial reaction to the best option you have out there. You know that um, are are you taking sacks or you get the ball out of your hand? You know Justin, I think's taken nine sacks on first down. It's almost you know that's something that you, you just cannot have. That kills a possession. Yeah. That doesn't exactly just kill the that kills a possession right there. Yeah. You know. Dan Campbell the other day, he made a decision on fourth and two to go for it against the Chargers. Yeah. Went for it, made the completion. He didn't do this big analytical study about it. It's, it's what he felt at that time. And I think when you look at analytics and you think about if you take a sack or a penalty on first down, the likelihood of you scoring in that drive is so insignificant that it, it, it blows up your whole opportunity. So, but... Now, you look at the good side of Justin. He's an incredibly dynamic athlete. He's got escapability, unlike a couple of other guys in the league, Lamar Jackson and stuff. But um, a quarterback play in long term is how you throw the ball. And that's what I think in the seven games, that's what you're going to see. And then, you know, they have decisions to make. So... Deontay Foreman's been doing well. Khalil Herbert's coming back. What do you do there? You're going to keep Roshan Johnson in the mix. You got Tevin Jenkins, who's playing at a super high level at the right guard position. Hopefully, Nate Davis is coming back. So, do you take Cody Whitehair out and you put Tevin and Nate in there? You got to get a feeling of how Nate is after recovering from that ankle injury. And then Tremaine Edmonds is coming back in the mix. So, there's a lot of decisions that the staff and Ryan Poles are going to have to make. Right, and, and what we were kind of discussing with this game coming up on Sunday is uh, you mentioned, like, the atmosphere. The thing that has disappointed me about this team this season is that multiple times the game starts and it looks like our team is still on the bus. You know, the, the other team has taken it to us in the right. first quarter, the first half, yep. and you get in the halftime, and they're down big to the Chiefs. They're down big to the Chargers. The Packers are up big at the start. Like, I feel as if the mark of a good coach is even when you have less talent, you hang around in games. And through two years of the Eberflus era, what we've noticed is that in games where they're not expected to show up, they don't for the most part. And, and that's what worries me about this Lions game is, is we all know the atmosphere is going to be on 10. Lions fans are pumped. This is the best team they've ever had. Right. They're ready to go to the Super Bowl, and they want to beat every team that they face. I hope Eberflus has this team prepared where you take it to them instead of us having it taken to us. Uh, the Bears are getting it taken to them, and, and they're not getting blown out from the start. That's what's really annoyed me as a fan about this era, this well, team. On, on the offensive side of the ball, you better do what you can do good against this defense in this environment, in this crowd noise. Running the ball is probably going to be really challenging. It well, it, how, are you gonna, how do you want to run the ball? Yeah. See, they, they have the ability to have, run an outside edge. They have an ability to run point-of-attack runs against the, with the, you know, using the right side, Tevin and Darnell Mooney. They have the ability 
to have quarterback under center where they have that intersection between running back and quarterback that creates deception. And as soon as you create deception, play action pass. There's nothing... There's an offensive line can be overly aggressive if you run play action pass, and that's the atmosphere where you where you want to run it. You don't have to be perfect on the snap count. You can come off the ball like just with with hell bent for a leg, and just and you can hit people as hard as you can. But it's just selling the play, and you're not sitting there trying to sustain a block for three and a half, four seconds. It's about deceiving the defense at the line of scrimmage, getting the linebackers two steps out of position, and then getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand. So the first game of the year, um, Justin Fields threw the ball to the running backs 11 times. Every game after that, the reps to the running backs declined significantly. The best weapon you have in an environment like that is play action to a running back, and I think it can, it can allow you to be the most aggressive against an opponent that's looking – what you're saying, how aggressive are you oh, going to yeah. be? Yeah, and, and I think that's where, you know, if, if you can somehow get the defense to move backwards and not be coming full on after Justin Fields, yeah. that's probably the only situation they're going to have to survive because the Lions' defense is good. No, I know they are, and this is also a team where not only Justin having him take sacks puts them behind the eight ball and drives, but, I mean, I wish it was a joke, but they were in, they were kneeling the ball and got a false start last week. Yeah. Like, like how do you how do you limit those penalties? Like, is it like do you just grab them and like you just stop false starting? Yeah, like, like, what, what does, is that? Like, like, how do you stop? How do you get that out of a player? Like, so, you know, especially going into this game where it's going to be insanely loud. But now you're introducing a new quarterback to the cadence. Yeah. So when you have interruption at quarterback and you don't have consistency with the rhythm of their count, you don't have the five thousand reps from practice training camp into the season that you need. You you know, again, I just make reference to it. We, I played with the same five guys for seven straight seasons. Yeah. We knew each other and the rhythm, and we knew how to communicate just by eye contact. And, you know, you have the consistency in the snap count. So what, is, what does Matt have? Um, you know, 32 different uh, variations of offensive yeah. line starting group. Yeah. You don't, you don't um, gain the chemistry that you need to have. So it's about discipline you know listen to the snap count when you break the huddle understand it but you know there's so many variations of silent count now that's why i'm a big believer in center uh because of justin's athleticism quarterback under center where you can hear the cadence and then you you know create the offense from you there. also cut down on the bad snaps too like yeah exactly it seems like they don't like doing that though it, yeah. it seems like they always they want justin in shotgun and if they're going to run, they'll run out of shotgun. But it, it seems like they're reluctant to put him under center. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen, uh, you know, I grew up in a system with yeah. Walter Payton, Matt Suey, and McMahon under center. And when you have that intersection between quarterback and running back and you have either a lead back or a single back with a running start, the one thing that I hate about the modern-day running game is, first of all, I'm not a big fan of zone blocking secondly i'm not a fan of getting a shotgun snap from the increment of time the shotgun snap takes to get to the quarterback then you hand the ball to a, a running back who's standing still right uh, you know and now then you go. Now, now, go. now you take that time of the snap and then the handoff and you give that time to the defensive line to either win 
against the offensive lineman they're facing, or the offensive lineman has to sustain a block to try to get movement for an extra period of time. So, you know, I can only live through the examples that I know that are successful. Um, and just because they do them these days, it doesn't mean you have to do them. Yeah, and I, I think that's where, you know, to me, the, the best style of offense, I always go back to the West Coast style. Like, I like tight ends involved. I like a fullback. I like having the two backs Mm -hmm. in the backfield under center because what I think that allows is deception. And and you don't have to only run the football when you have a fullback on the field, but it allows you the play-action fake or the dump to the flat or whatever you're going to do. And that's where, like, I think there's an element to always being in shotgun limits the deception and really, I, I understand some of it where it's a numbers game, right? They, they see where the ends are. If there's a certain numbers game, they're going to hand it off. They're going to do a mesh point, whatever the run play could be. But like you just laid out, there's a lot of elements that take off time that allows the defense to not be deceived. Right. To then try and stop right. that run play. You know, the thing about it is deception. So if you have Kari Blasting Game or Matt Sui, I don't care what area you're talking about, two really sure. good fullbacks. Mm-hmm. And Roshan Johnson is a really good blocking back. So you can have that deception where you get Kari Blasting Game going for the defensive end, he olays him, he's out for the pass, and then the Roshan Johnson picks him up. Right. So, you know, those types of deceptive plays that can have significant yards attached to him that you can run more than once a game it's out there you know it's out there but you know beginning of this segment we started talking about the seven games is that enough to evaluate Justin I think it is but I think the coaches um, are you know we're going to evaluate those guys as well so we talked about that too before you got here the evaluation of the coaches and you know we started off the first hour kind of talking about what we saw from the weekend and how CJ Stroud just seems to have gotten it right away right? right And Trevor Lawrence, when he came in, got it pretty much right away. Joe Burrow came in, although he was a little bit older. He was like 45. (laughs) He got it right away. But, like, it seems like it's taken time for Justin to get it. Are you of the philosophy that if you bring in – if you're going to draft a new quarterback, that you have to bring in a new coaching staff? Or is there a situation where fields can look good, they don't bring in – they bring fields back, but – they bring in a new coaching staff and say, hey, we're going to still work with Fields. This is what you have to deal with. You know, I, I think every time you go out and hire a coach, I think they can take – they believe they can take a reclamation project and turn it into a player that it needs to be. However, I would still bring in a quarterback from a four-year program. I, you know, these guys that come in, Anthony Richardson, or these quarterbacks that come in and they play two years in the system, and maybe they miss out on those 5,000 reps that you will get in your two, your junior and senior year. Yeah. You know, through before me, through my generation, in time to come, if you look at these quarterbacks that go through four-year programs, mm-hmm. they're a little bit more along in their development because of the reps they're getting in spring ball, in training camp, in games, in these 100,000-seat stadiums that they're playing in and such. I think there's a lot to expect. You know, you know, we were down in Indianapolis this year, and I was standing with some people from the Indianapolis Colts, and they said, oh, as soon as we saw Anthony Richardson at the Combine, we knew that we were going to draft him. Listen, man, if you're, go to the Olympics then. And, you know, the, get the guy that runs the throws to the shot, put the farthest, and make him yeah. an offensive lineman. Get a guy that runs 100. But I'm just saying, you know, you, we become so enamored. You've got to play. Yeah. Nowadays with the combines that, you, you, you know, 
you're hurt after a certain many games. So shout out to Tom Thayer. He came on out to uh, JMO's on Monday night for Bears Night in Chicago. Blackham Abdallah. Tom Thayer is an ultimate teammate. He showed up. He helped us out. We had a great Bears conversation. We're 10 minutes away from Bears pregame with Sylvie Lance and Dion. We're getting you ready for Bears football. The new home of the Bears. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Blackham Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Thank you to Charlie Bevins and Deshaun Grady for producing today's show. Black and Abdallah, we're getting ready for Bears football. We will return tomorrow night. Bears night in Chicago, 6-8 to eight with Eddie Jackson, sponsored by Miller Lite. We'll be at, at Anastasia's in Antioch. Come on out, hang out with us tomorrow night from 6-8 to eight, right here on ESPN 1000. Coming up in six minutes, we have the network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion. They'll get you ready for Bears and Lions kickoff at noon. You'll hear the game with Joniak there and Jason McKee on the sidelines today on ESPN Chicago. And then after the game, don't forget about Peggy and Yurko with the network postgame show. And then the late postgame show with Meller, Pat, and McKee. We have a full day of coverage Bears football right here on ESPN 1000. The Bears face off against the Lions today. The Lions, one of the better teams in the NFL, Abdallah. Chicago looking for their fourth win. We're hoping that the Bears can figure it out. Eberflus off the mini buy. Do we get magic off the mini buy and Justin Fields back in uniform for the Bears? Don't laugh when you say it. <laughs> well, your face, when I said, do we get magic, you're like, your face had the expression of, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't. I predicted some pain today. Like, I think I wrote down like 27 to 10 or something like that. Ooh. Yeah, like it's, I don't know, man. I just don't. I If this game was here, I think I'd have a little bit different of a, of a philosophy on this game. Because this is one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. Going into a hostile environment. Lions fans have been preparing for this game since Tuesday, right? Like, they smell blood. They are no longer the little brother. Like, this is this is their division now. And that place is going to be insanely loud. I have a feeling we're going to get some false starts. I have a feeling they're going to be behind the eight. But, like, until they prove to me that they are not the team that we see every single week, I'm going to continue to make these predictions. Like... And I predicted them to cover against the Saints because the Saints aren't that great of a team. Like, look at the numbers. They're not that great of a team. This is a great football team. This is a top five team in the NFL right now. They have been the entire season. This isn't a team like last year where they would blow leads late. They almost missed the playoffs. Like, this team is going to make the playoffs. They're going to win the North. They're going to make the playoffs. And so, I... 2710 Lions. Sorry. Okay, I I believe I wrote down. See, this is the reason why we're saying we believe we wrote down. Uh, we're not we're not certain is because we wrote down on folded pieces of paper I don't know why we did and we that. submitted it with Carmen and Yurko during the week, and then we put it under lock and key. Yeah, my backpack. So, so we can't look <laughs> at our predictions with Carmen and Yurko until we get to Monday morning. I believe I wrote down 3827 Lions. Wow, I think, high scoring. Yeah, I think the Lions are going to put up some points today. Okay. Um, but I do think the Bears' offense is going to get in the end zone. I think Fields is going to have some touchdowns. Okay. Unfortunately, I do see some turnovers from the Bears' offense, and All I right. think that's what's going to tilt the game. So if I, they win that game like that, 
is that a start to even though it's a loss is it something that you look as a positive because the offense played well no I don't think it, I don't think okay. we're going to okay. have a positive okay. from today. Okay. I, I think it's going to be a backdoor uh, cover situation ah, where they're going to try and creep in. Time. They're going to try and creep in the back door with uh, some garbage scores at the end after it's well in hand. Because you're right, I think Detroit will be rocking today. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. So uh, Bears and Lions coming up on ESPN 1000 at noon. We have our network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion. Your home for Bears football. The pregame show starts next. ESPN Chicago. Chicago.